Check, check, check. Snickerdoodles. All right, man. We got Max Green on the podcast, baby. Hello, hello. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Yeah? Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Love to love to hear about you. Yeah. So tell me, man. Uh, I know we, uh, me and Max, for those who don't know, watching, grew up in the same hometown. The old St. Francis, Minnesota. Yeah, we did, man. Yeah. And you were two years behind me, right? Yeah, I what think year? so. 2016. 2016, yeah, so two years. So definitely knew you, definitely knew of you, um, but obviously weren't the closest, so I don't know all about you. Um, obviously, you know, you're killing it as a drummer right now, but... Killing, it's a loose term, but the tr- <laughs> surviving. Surviving as Surviv- a drummer. Doing more than most people. Living, that. at least. Living as a drummer. Living and breathing, yeah. <laughs> but tell me, man, so how did that... Uh, Growing up where we grew up, how did that kind of get incorporated into your life? And and how did you find yourself going on that path? Because obviously, especially there, not a lot of people yeah. end up actually pursuing that that seriously. Yeah. Um, I was never good at math or reading. <laughs> um, and I was always into like sports and like art and and music and stuff and really um really like energetic and just kind of a different kind of thinker I guess um and so I got into music probably when I was in like third or fourth grade I wanted to play guitar um and I started with that and it was just really hard for me to get going. It's hard for me to understand. It's very like, very, you know, you got to understand the music theory and you got to understand a lot about just the notes and why and mm-hmm. how you're doing things. And so I, I, I thought I was going to be a guitar player and I thought I was going to pursue that. And then as I got a little bit older, I started writing my own music and I wanted to be in a band, but nobody from that area really does music or more like artsy kind of stuff. And so I was yeah, like, especially on their own. Yeah. So I was just like, you know what, I'm going to, I've been writing all these songs. I'm going to kind of start my own band and do my own. And were you recordings. writing the lyrics or were you writing yeah. like, the, act- like the, the music? Yeah. I was doing, cause at that time I was way more of a guitar player and like, trying to sing and stuff and so I was like I'm gonna just be my own band so I'm gonna learn the drums gonna get a drum set and piece together my own songs and kind of accidentally I uh kind of fell in love with the drums and just gravitated to the drums more than guitar and just learned and just kind of had a natural understanding for the drums and um Bruno's making his first feature on the podcast. <laughs> and he's licking the mic. That's right. But yeah, so, and I just slowly kind of fell more and more in love with the drums and started taking that more seriously and pursuing that. And then eventually, I, I think I was in eighth grade. I joined my first band um, and have been really just doing drumming and playing in bands and stuff like that ever since. And just slowly got more and more involved into it. So sorry, I might have missed it. Some 
I got a little bit here, but how old were you when you started writing and, and, and seeing in yourself that you, or decided yourself that I'm just going to start making my own shit? Probably when I was like fifth or sixth grade. Wow. So it's pretty young. Yeah. I, I wish I would have started even younger, but probably right around then. Yeah. And like as a kid that old, what were you using? Like what do you mean? Like to record with was GarageBand. Yeah, just GarageBand and some crappy little USB microphone that I got at Target. <laughs> and I think by by doing that, I kind of fell in love with then recording and, and seeing like back then it was just all very basic entry level like, and I was just making complete garbage and it was trash. But I just really loved like playing something and then seeing it on the screen and like wow you can actually like make something mm-hmm. with this. And I really liked the behind the scenes of of the recording. And then that's kind of what triggered me to get into the audio and production kind of things as well. So That's amazing to me. I just wasn't doing that. I'm I'm literally basically kinda at the point you're talking about now as as old as we are now. So it's amazing yeah. to me that you were doing that that young um i obviously knew kids start doing that that young but i was so my life revolved around sports so i just yeah that just was never something that seemed like an option and it wasn't uh which probably sounds like obviously if you just end up doing that that's what you're going to be doing but i i think just very young my life was directed towards sports so that's just what it was but right now i'm dabbling on garage band i'm dabbling with recording my own vocals and music and songs I want to make that I think are probably trash, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just learning how to even use it and, yeah. and teaching myself. Um, and like I said, off, off air earlier, uh, started learning guitar this year, electric yep. guitar. Um, so going through that whole struggle, I definitely wish I would have started younger as well. Yeah. And th- I think that's just the hardest part for people that are, like some of my friends and stuff like, oh man, I wish, I wish I could play the drums, man, or start playing guitar. It's like, you can, all you have to do is just start. start. And that's yeah. the hardest part is just starting and realizing like, yeah, it's going to take a little time to get going. But if you actually really care about it and you actually like just want to do it, you'll just kind of do it. Yeah. You got to get over that hump of yeah, literally, at least because I've only learned and, and taught myself guitar. And again, I'm not that great at it, but I can play um, some cool riffs. I haven't probably focused enough on a single song to play a whole song yet, but because I kind of practice a riff that I like, get yeah. a good chunk of it down, and then I kind of get bored and go on to the next. Same. That's uh, that's how it was with me. Yeah, but you just got to get over. Uh, literally, I'd be frustrated. Like my fingers, like why don't they just fucking move the thing, yeah. to the string and yeah. do the shape? Why don't they do the shape? I'm trying. Yeah. Um, but you just got to get over that and, and literally, and there's going to be certain things I've found too, like literally the C, what is it? The C chord. Mm-hmm. I'm just now after eight months of playing for the most part every day. I, I haven't played now at this point for probably a week and a half. And there's probably, there was probably another like two week stretch in there that I didn't play. But since I like really got into it again, I've been playing almost every day since like April. Yeah. Um, and I'm just now finally 
still not even 100% able to hit it right every single time. Yeah. But that chord specifically was hard as hell for me to learn. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you just got to get over that and get through that. Yeah. And, and something I've learned, like when I was younger and just starting, I'd be like, oh, eventually I'm, I'm going to be just a freaking pro at this and I'm going to be able to play that song note for note. And eventually I'm going to be just the God and you never get to that level. Yeah. Like you're always chasing something. You're always, I look at it as like every year and I kind of like assess my, the things that I've been able to learn like drumming wise and like the, like, Oh, last year I couldn't play this or I didn't understand this. And this year now I can play this and I'm only a little bit better. But as long as I'm always just kind of moving up a level, you know, every year if I move up just one level, then it's like, all right, I'm slowly getting better. You know, you'll never be where you want to be, but yeah. it's always just a slow, like, all right, I'm not plateauing. Because I think when I was in high school, I kind of plateaued because I wasn't around a ton of other drummers. I wasn't around anybody that was better than me. So there was no like expectation of, you know, you need to, this is what better is. This is yeah, someone to measure up yeah. to really. And so once I got into college and went to school for music and stuff, I was, you know, I, I was like the best drummer in, in fucking St. Francis. Cause I was the only drummer <laughs> in St. Francis, but then was there another that you knew of? No. Cause nobody Literally really, yeah. nobody did that. But yeah. I, I went to college and I, I thought I was this f the fucking shit. And I, show up and everybody's 10 times better than me and i was like wow i got a lot to learn and all these guys are just shredding and 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 it's like okay and it was really like eye-opening experience for me and just to kind of like you know you'll never you're never going to be the guy you're never going to be the shit but you can always slowly just kind of get Work better and better up. and but does that excite you that like things, guitar for me, I would love to be exactly what you're saying. I've loved guitar. I've, I've been into rock music and classic rock music since I was a kid, just from my dad. Um, I like basically all music, but the guitar, like solos that just shred always captivated me. Yeah. And as a kid, I wanted to be good at it. I tried, like I said, off the air as well, a couple of times, ended up giving it up because of how fucking hard it is. But now that I'm actually in it and able to do some things, it excites me that it does seem like okay I'm, I'm gonna be able to do this literally my whole life yeah unless i want to give it up whatever and mm -hmm. get sick of it but i don't see that happening and whether i take a week or two off here or there like I'm, i think i'm always going to come back to it yeah when it, i have the time and, yeah and you, yeah you can literally get better your entire life yeah and it just becomes like a, a therapy session for mm -hmm. you you know like me playing the drums hour or two hours a day is just a way for me to like shut off and kinda? just yeah just focus on nothing except for music and it's very like physical and it's a good way to yeah just unwind decompress and do you um do you feel that way about even recording like songs that you're making is, is it more stressful um, than when you're just playing yeah be the because you made you I mean, you've put out albums right yep yeah yeah i I play in a band uh, called The Only, and then yeah, you guys played. I remember at like one of our pep rallies or something. Well, that was that was my uh, that, that was my high school band. That's that a different band. In. Yeah, that was a different oh, okay. band. But um, hey, so, so yeah, I drum, 
for half of the week and then the other half of the week I work in a studio and I think being on the studio side of things has made me a better drummer and being on the drumming like musician side of things has made me a better audio engineer Yeah, because you just know the whole picture yeah and the audio stuff is is different and rewarding in a different way just because you're not just focusing on your one part you're focusing on the entire big picture of the song every little detail every every note matters every tiny little thing and you know when i'm working in the studio it's most of the time it's not my music it's somebody else's music and it's trying to put together their vision and their idea and and, and bring it to life you know and it's nice to have a a different perspective of not being the writer and not being the creator but being like the other the other mind to kind of just help put everything together and it's it's an it's a different challenge but it's it, it kind of yeah it, it just it's like a full circle where like now that I am the studio guy I understand like oh when I'm the creative guy I know what they're thinking right now mm -hmm. When I yeah, so you probably know how to communicate exactly what you want a lot better than to out of the sound. Yeah, I think so. Like fucking, do this, go to this, whatever. Yeah. Hit this tab, move that bar. Yeah, I th yeah. I, th I think it's just a better understanding of just the music in general. Yeah. And so when did you? Again, I think you might have said this when Little B was distracting me. Mm -hmm. He's sleeping now. He's all good. If you hear any barks in this podcast. It's from me. <laughs> Max is Max is the dog. <laughs> but <Get wild> <laughs> <laughs> um, what, yeah, when did you transition from playing guitar into realizing, yeah, you, you actually like the drums a lot better? And did you stop just playing guitar and kind of t drums took over? Um, no, I still play guitar and a little bass and a little little piano. I'm not good at piano at all, but I... Drums is definitely my main thing. I got an, I started that when I was 13, so like eighth grade, and but that is definitely my main instrument. And like I can play drums in a band. I could not play guitar or bass in a band, but no. I can I can play enough guitar and bass and stuff to get by in like the studio world. You know, we're like, oh, we need a need a bass part for this. Like, all right. I can think something up and record it and heavily edit it and make it work. But I, there's a difference between being able to like play something and then like actually being able to play it, mm -hmm. you know? So and kill it. And yeah. And when you're doing a studio session, cause I, I've never recorded um, like that in like a professional s studio. Is it, is it like harder to get the exact sound? Are you being, or are you just trying to play and are you doing like multiple takes and just think, Oh, I loved that one. Um, are you, are you, is it all day? I'm just playing the same fucking part of the song over and over again, just trying to kill this section. It depends. Like it depends on the genre and what is in the song. So like, if it's like a full, if it's a full band, you know, drums, guitar, bass, vocals, you, you, you track everything separately. So you'll start with the drums because that's the foundation and everything plays to the drums. So you start with the drums and you'll usually do, you know, full takes of the songs and 
you know, you try to get like four to five solid takes and you, you know, you keep them all. And then if there's little parts here and there that are kind of really hard to get down, you'll just record those parts separately. And then you'll, then once this, the recording session's over, then as the audio engineer, you'll go through, you know, every bar, every hit, you'll find the very best pieces of all those takes and piece it together into one part. So you are cutting up from all oh those yeah. takes yep. and making it. one. So the one that's actually making it to the album wasn't a continuous time. No, 99.9% .9 of the times it's never, all right, record it, play it. That's the part. Most of the times it's like, oh, here, here's the finished drum track. It's 18 different takes put into one. And this, this chorus is a copy and paste of the first chorus because the first chorus is perfect. So we copied and pasted. There's a lot of copy and pasting. There's really? a lot of, yeah. And then once you copy or once you edit everything into one take, then you go through and you cut up all the, the transients. And so all of the, the sound waves, mm -hmm. you slice them up and then you're looking at a grid and it's the, the BPM, the beats per minute of the song. You're looking at a grid. You'll cut up all of the hits. You'll, you'll take them and you'll move them so that they're perfectly in time. You know, if the, the drummer was rushing or dragging or a little sloppy, cut them up and you move them. And, and then you have like a perfect performance. And then you go and you do the guitars and you do the bass and you do kind of the same thing with that. Damn. And so everything is. It's very tedious. Oh, yeah. And it because everything's under a microscope where like when you're playing live, you can make little mistakes. You can rush a little bit. You can be behind. You can play the wrong note or whatever. And it's not it's way more about the vibe and the energy and the atmosphere live. You know, you don't have to hit the, the perfect note, mm -hmm. you know, but in the studio like that song is the the song that is the the version of that song yeah it's the represent it forever yeah so it's got to be perfect and it's got to be like you know everything you look through everything under a microscope you find comb everything you you know it's the song so it's a lot more tedious a lot more editing um that's crazy honestly to me i, I had no idea yeah it was like that are you because when I've done just piecing together videos, is there some system or strategy you guys use to, because like you're saying, the timing's going to be, I would imagine every single take through a little bit different. So when you're pulling, you know, this section of drums and pairing it with this section of drums yeah. like, to make it sound, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's it, got to be cause it's going to be yeah. a little different every single time he does it, the timing of everything. Yeah. So yeah, especially with vocals, like, let's say like we have a rapper and he's got a, a, a four bar section of a song where it's really fast paced lyrics and mm -hmm. it's, it's very, you know, mm -hmm. all one. And part of it was really good or this whole take was really good except for this little part. Now we got to find that little part from another take, but the vibe, the tone, the, the energy, the flow of it has to match for it to seem right, yeah. like one cohesive thing. So if it's not, if you're not consistently playing or singing or doing the part every take, it's going to be really hard to piece it together. Or if you're going into a drum fill and you, you don't hit the cymbal at the end of the, the drum fill and then the next part of the song is heavy, heavy with the cymbals, you know, 
you you play the song or you play the drum fill and it, there's no symbol there and then you put one in and it's like god ah, it doesn't match mm -hmm. it, it's got a it's got to seem like it's the same performance has got to seem like it's the same part you know so the vibe the energy the tone everything has to be consistent every take that you do otherwise it's really hard to piece it together and make it seem believable that it is one continuous one continuous song. thing yeah yeah because I, I had no idea that again I, I don't have a ton of background in it so maybe I'm just that's the, that's why I don't know because I just didn't know um, but I always assumed they would just do take after take until they loved one and was like damn that was the one yeah, that one's better right. than all these yeah um, but it's more we'll do more section by section so like let's just do the the intro you know four to eight times okay we got we got enough in here that we can work with now let's move on to the verse all right we got a good amount of the verse now the chorus and just more part by part section by section and then if there's any little difficult thing that you really got to nail then just focus on that and so a lot of puzzle piecing things together yeah that's that's just amazing honestly and especially uh, if the people fucking suck yeah. if they're just bad or they're having an off day or just their energy's down yeah and i like it me i don't know i drink a lot of coffee so <laughs> if you're taking multiple takes i'm sure it takes a couple hours oh yeah the first couple whatever are probably going to be the highest energy and then as the time goes on I'm yeah kind of lose energy yeah um so, so it's, i mean I, I can't even imagine that's something i didn't like about editing videos because i was just starting a a vlog before I started this um, and I quickly found yeah just the, the piecing together of this video and that video and making it making flow it seem right like yeah. it's one thing making yeah. it seem like it's one take is very or just fitting my vision of what I wanted in that video and I, I had no idea what I was doing at first or what I even exactly wanted in every video I just kind of wanted it to be real yeah and live so I would just take these big fucking hour-long videos and then I got to go through and be like okay well which part yeah so piecing all that together, it sounds a lot like that to me. Yeah. And I did not like that. <laughs> so yeah. um, that's why I haven't been doing those. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that sounds really tedious and just, I would imagine long hours. Yeah. And especially like tuning vocals, you know, because every song, well, most songs have some sort of auto tune or melodyne or whatever. And yeah. depending on the genre, you don't want it to sound like a robot, you know, so... It, you go through note by note, word by word, and, and you draw the corrected pitch over what they sang. And it's just, you know, you got to make it seem real. You got to make it seem believable. So you can't make it too perfect, but you got to make yeah. it perfect enough. And so a, a verse of a song, depending on how complex the, the melody is and how well they performed it, it could take a half an hour just to tune that. Yeah. You know, a whole song can... Sometimes it takes me four hours to vocal tune one part. And then it's like, oh, we have, we got eight harmonies in this song and a bunch of gang vocals and everything. It's like, great. It's going to take me six to 10 hours to tune, just to tune this, you know? So yeah. And that's just the beginning. Very tedious. So when you're doing, when you're working with autotune like that, and it's literally just like, say one word yeah. of a bar yep. is just seems off. Do you, do you cut it? and then just tune literally that specific word to differently uh, to match the rest of the bar? Um, 
Yeah, kind of. So like you'll have your final comped, you know, the piece together vocal take. So it's like the final vocal take and then you'll go through into auto tune and you'll you'll graph it into auto tune so you'll be able to see what they sang. And then you have like a little pencil tool mm. where you're able to you'll be able to see what they sang and it kind of looks like a piano. And so you'll see what notes they we're going for trying to go for it'll reflect on the piano yeah it'll show you what notes are going what they were trying to sing and then depending on how off they were then you'll go and draw it to kind of fit that note a little bit better if if they executed it really well then you just won't tune it at all if it'll just hit it on its own yep or if if it's a style of music where you know they want it to have the t-pain effect Mm -hmm. then you do everything really really heavily and is know. that making it perfectly auto-tuned yeah so you're tuning it perfect every yeah. single time yeah so it kind of gives it that uh i guess like mechanical yeah. sound yeah. yeah yeah you can be really heavy-handed with it or if it's a, a totally different style of music where the vocals need to be really good and they need to be tuned but we don't want it to sound like auto-tune then you got to be a lot more gentle and that's a lot more hard because it's very easy to make it sound like a robot and it's very easy to overcorrect. Yeah. So yeah, it just kind of depends on the situation. And have you unfortunately ran into the situation where, cause I'm guessing the artist, if you're tuning someone else's and editing someone else's music, isn't always there as you're doing it or are they always sitting with you and um, going through it with you? It depends. Um, some people are there when we edit and mix and some people aren't. Um, and a lot of times they kind of know their abilities and their skills. So they'll, they won't be as surprised by the auto tune or they'll be like, you know, I I really want you to auto tune this pretty heavy, you know? So some people are more accepting to it and understand it. And some people are really scared by it and like, no auto-tune. I, I are they offended that they need auto-tune? yeah. That's what I was going to ask if, if you've gotten into a point where you had been editing for hours on something, working your ass off on this, and then you present to them <laughs> and they're like, I fucking hate it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Do it again. And that's and why um, you kind of get a feel for how, what they kind of want beforehand. Like if they want a very perfect sounding record where everything is, sounds like it was just perfectly played and er- there's no errors, there's no nothing, then you'll be like, okay, then they really want me to heavily edit this. But if they're more of like a, like we're, a, we're an experimental jazz band and what we play is what we play and it's just the power of the music and it's it, what we create is how we create it and that's how we want it to be. It's like, okay, I'm not going to do any auto-tune on this. I'm not going <laughs> to edit this what you played is what you played and it sounds like this and that's what you get kind of thing so but then what if if then they come in and be like it doesn't sound good well that's how you played it yeah and it's like this is what you did you know so i don't know what to tell you we can edit it we can make it better but it's it's going to require this amount of work and it's going to turn into this thing. Yeah. Know, so, and are you paid or are they charged hourly or is it just like a flat rate per song? Um, or is it per minute even maybe of a song that they were want 
worked on? It's more of uh kind of depends on the project. Some people record um, at other places and they record everything and then they just send it to us to mix. That kind of, we'll do a, we'll do like the first song for free or something. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, then we'll go through our whole mixing and editing process and we'll see how long it kind of took, took us to do all that. And then we'll give them like, okay, it took us 10, 12 hours to do this song. If the rest of the songs are kind of like this, you know, we, we charge, we charge an hourly rate. So it's like, you know what, if it takes 10 hours, this is our hourly rate. It comes up to this price. We'll, we'll make the rest of your songs this price, flat price. But then if it's a uh, project where they come to us and they need to record everything from start to finish, they need to mix everything, master everything from start to finish, then we just do hourly and, you know, however many hours it takes us is what you get charged so yeah that makes sense because I've, I've talked to other people who also make music and uh <clears throat> again when i've made the music i've made on my own just by myself that i definitely do not share with anybody uh <laughs> eventually i would like some point down the line to put some things out oh yeah just just as a more of like a passion project type yeah. deal when I'm in that position. Um, if it got traction, that'd be sick. If it didn't, I would just think it'd be cool to go through that process. But yeah. so if I record at home and then I, I would just send it into you and you would mix and master it for me. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cause yeah, I didn't even know how that process worked. I, I just recently learned that. Yeah. And that, that kind of style of, of, or that kind of way of working is becoming more and more popular today because anybody can for a few hundred bucks you can get a interface and some mics mm -hmm. and and you can record a fucking album in your mom's basement yeah. you know i've and seen some crazy things i i literally just go in my fucking closet in yeah. my apartment because i got all my clothes in there so i'd imagine that's pretty kind of soundproof yeah. i literally there's one little like uh wood shelving in there we have just just to hold clothes for yep. the time being i just put a blanket over that so like the wood is actually covered yep and i think it sounds again i don't know what, exactly what i'm doing i'm teaching myself garage band and just the technical side of, of audio but yeah. i think you could get a pretty damn good sound just doing that oh yeah and and like i do a lot of that on my own like with my band i record it all at um in my my basement and then the drums, our guitar player's mom owns a preschool and there's some big, massive rooms and that's where I record the drums in a fucking preschool, you know, so. Just fucking shredded <laughs> yeah. drums. But it sounds cool and like oh, the awesome. vocals that we do for our albums are in a closet, a closet that I built a PVC structure and then I took a bunch of zip ties and really heavy blankets and zip tied the blankets to the PVC structure and it's a dead little vocal booth and it works, you know? So like anybody can record pretty much anything in a fucking closet or in a preschool or wherever, you know? Mm -hmm. It's the reason why they come to the studio is then for the stuff that they can't do on their own. If they, if they can't mix or if they need someone to coach them through the vocal performance or really like mentally help them figure out their own song or, or just give them a different perspective, you know, because when we A, B, a mix that 
you know, the, these this band recorded their songs in their basement, and this band recorded all the songs at the studio. The end product is very similar. You can't tell the difference. You know, it's more of like the extra stuff or the the extra help is why they come to the studio kind of thing. But and, and that'd be just. Are you a sound engineer? Is that what the job title yep. is then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you went to school for that? Yeah, I went to uh, Hennepin Tech, which is a it's a tech school, two year program where they teach audio production, just the basics of everything to just kind of get you started. Mm-hmm. And that that was the best money I ever spent was going there. And then I did two years at uh, Mankato for like kind of performance and kind of music theory and kind of music business but that that two years is a fucking waste of time and <laughs> it was just a waste of money and I didn't get much out of it other than meeting people that I work with today or yeah. play with today other than that it was a fucking waste of time so you think because what they taught you found just isn't useful or you already knew whatever they were saying it was just so basic uh, I mean it was kind of common sense shit it was just kind of like music school in general is a very fine line. Like you do not, you absolutely do not need to go to school for music. You don't need to go to school for audio production, but it can be beneficial depending on the teachers, depending on the program. It can be very beneficial on kind of what they teach you. But, when I the school that I went to for the music performance and stuff, th- there was no like checks and balances with the degree. There was no administration looking down on the degree and be like, "Do you guys actually have a curriculum, or are you just showing up to class and spewing out random bullshit and just winging it every day?" That's kind of th- what, That's what it, it was. Like. Yeah, and it was just like, I can learn everything you're teaching me. You learned off of a YouTube video. And I know that because you're playing the fucking YouTube video. I could have. That's the class. Look, yeah, I could have looked this up on my own. I and a lot of the stuff they were teaching were just very broad. Like you need to believe in yourself and be a self-starter. It's like I'm not paying X amount of dollars to to hear that. I want to know things that I don't know, kind of thing. Yeah, teach me some technical shit. Yeah. And it was for the business side of music. That that. The two years at Mankato was that, yeah, business side and a little bit of performance and a little bit of uh, music theory kind of stuff. But the and, two and years some confidence building sounds like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unneeded. Yeah, I mean, was there other kids? Did you feel like you were just confident already, or was there other kids in there who loved that type of shit? Like, um, oh yeah, he's telling me to go for it. I'm gonna. I needed this. Yeah, like. Uh, or would you? Or were they probably not saying that out loud? The, so the, ki- the that. kids that were like, you could tell are like, this guy's going to be fucking successful or this chick's going to go far. Like, yeah. they don't, they all kind of understood like, <sighs> we don't need this. Yeah. Why, why do we have the same teacher for four classes? And why is he teaching the same thing in every class? Like, this is a waste of time, you know? But then, and, and they already knew kind of what they needed to know and they already, were self-starters and they already were doing things outside of school to f- to by the time that they would then graduate they could go and actually do music or do whatever they wanted to do as opposed to a lot of the kids are just like i like music 
I want to be a pop star. They just kind of stumbled in there. Yeah, and they just stumbled in there and just kind of took everything that the teacher said as this is the fucking law. This is mm-hmm. the way it is. In reality, nobody knows the way it is. No, it's all the music industry is always changing. Technology is always changing. There is no formula. There is no right or wrong. It's just kind of go do whatever you're passionate about and try and make f- fucking money doing it. Yeah. So, do you feel like? Because being here in Minnesota and and then living in LA now and going after the things I've been doing, I feel like people here can get duped into just paying for shit that is connected to music, the entertainment industry. And it's not really valuable, but just because there's not that many people here who are doing that or talking about it or holding classes in that, yeah. it's like they're not really teaching you anything that you couldn't already have known on your own, but it's just, yeah. they're the only ones who are talking about it. So exactly. people pay for it. Yeah. And, like, and anyone who has an interest in that ends up going there and finding themselves there. Yeah. Like I, yeah. When I was in high school, I met with this guy just to talk to him. Cause he's a producer and was in some semi successful bands and stuff. And he told me, and I think about this all the time. He's like, because he was like, what are you going to do after high school? I was like, oh, I'm going to go to uh, music school. He's like, don't do that. You're going to be wasting your fucking money. Some some schmuck who failed in the music industry is now a teacher and is going to tell you how to do things. If you want to learn uh, actually how it is and actually how to do audio production, just come with me and I'll mentor you. And That's dope. And pay me a, a thousand bucks and I'll teach mm-hmm. you this instead of paying thousands of dollars for a fucking degree and stuff you wouldn't learn. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go to college anyways. No. Cause that's, that's what you do. And, no, and by doing that, I was like, Oh, he was so right. Like yeah. if you actually want to learn it and you actually want to do it, you just have to do it and you have to surround yourself with people that are actually doing it. And that's how you learn. Yeah. And that's the only way I've learned things is by being a fucking idiot and having people that are smarter than me and actually professionals take me under their wing and help me out. That's the most valuable teachers I've ever had is internships I've done. Um, uh, other d- drummers out there that are pro drummers that are doing this as their job, just meeting with them for coffee and talking with them. Like I've learned so much in an hour just talking with them than I ever did in a fucking classroom. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I, I learned that same way. It sounds like what you're saying is because I, I learned through you can tell me something I'm trying to learn. I'll kind of get it. I'll get like the basics of how it's supposed to go. But I need to feel what it feels like to do something. Yeah. And either it's going to feel like this is right. I'm going to know it's right. Mm-hmm. Or more than likely the first times I'm going to feel how it feels like to fucking be wrong. Yeah. Do it like shit. Process that mentally on my own. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a feeling of like, OK, I need to do it like this or do it like that until it's done right. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I learn. I know people learn differently, but especially with music, and it seems like that industry of, of yeah, they're going to, I'm sure some places are, are, are great, great music schools. Yeah, and there is. there. Yeah, there definitely is good music schools out there. And Hennepin Tech, that was strictly audio production, but that was a great fucking school. You know, yeah. So. Did that teach you the whole 
software engineer side of it? Did you not know that before or yeah. did it just completely expand on what you already knew and it was perfect? I, I knew nothing going into that and it, it taught me the, the basics on like Pro Tools and just the basics on recording and Is Pro Tools the software? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and it gave me the tools just to kind of be able to go then, all right, cool. I know now enough where I can apply or not really apply, but I can go to a studio and be like, let me intern for you. Yeah, I know to I do some things. do enough to get by kind of thing. And yeah. then by doing the internship, then you actually learn a little bit more and you, you actually are taken under the wing of a professional. And, and by, hands just, on. by being there, you you have the tools already and now you're just applying them and learning like way more in-depth ways of doing things. Hmm. So, And would you recommend that for all musicians who are kind of coming up and young and thinking about school or was that just something you wanted to know the technical side and you can get away with it if you're not interested in it and you just want to do the performing side um like what, what what do you mean what would i recommend like if you're talking to a kid who's coming out of high school or in high school and he's another drummer yeah um would you even if he has no interest in being a sound engineer like would you just say it's that big of a benefit and helped your drumming out that much like um, yeah you should go learn that it's going to help you out a lot or is it or is that just something that you wanted to learn and you probably don't need yeah but um it's good to know for i got a couple answers for that i guess like i would just tell them like learn if you don't if you don't care about the in-depth if you don't want to be an audio engineer that's totally fine then just go be a drummer meet as many different musicians as you can play as many gigs as you can and as many projects as you can go to other people's gigs and just be around be in the scene all the time and always meeting people that's mm -hmm. how you'll get gigs that's how you network yeah just it's all networking it's all about who you know so learn learn the basics get garage band and get a little interface and just learn the basics so you can, you know, record some stuff at your home and send it to someone or make a YouTube video or that kind of stuff. Learn the basics there. You can learn that off of YouTube. But for somebody that actually wants to do audio production and be like an engineer, then I would say either go to go to a school and and try and learn it or just go and find all the studios in your city or whatever and try and intern at anyone that you can and just that's all you learn just learn through hands-on shit yeah. yeah have you ever talked to that guy are you still in contact with him the guy that told me not to go to school yeah. um every now and then i'll i'll talk to him but did you ever go work under him no i did not for him but i i took his advice and then it while i was in college i interned at a couple different studios and I interned at a at a church under a live sound guy and just tried to learn from real professionals and learn from people that this is their actual job so they must know what they're doing yeah churches seem to be so many people come from churches and it makes sense I guess because yeah every church has like a band or some sort of musicians yeah. so i'm guessing that's a really popular way for people to start learning just oh, being involved at the church 100 percent. like I'm whatever not, church it is yeah i'm not a very religious guy 
you know yeah i have my own set of beliefs or whatnot but i um get into that another day yeah that's a whole different story (laughs) but when i was uh after my freshman year of college i um like mega churches like the really big churches that are it's more of like a concert experience yeah, like what is it uh eagle brook here eagle now. brook and those there's a bunch of those types of churches and they're really p- popping off and really growing now and they i interned at one of those under the sound guy and they just have like that is such a great training and practice it's like a it's like a mini practice of of a gig every time yeah, and every and, single week and it's the way that they do it is so professional everything is timed out everything is um you know they have a they have a game plan for every service and it's like every minute is mapped out every minute is managed really every way and process of things of doing things is like done it's as professional a, of like an operation as it gets and by doing that i learned a lot about live sound but by being there and being with the bands and stuff, they're like, oh, you're a drummer? Okay, cool. You ever want to play drums here? I was like, fuck yeah. It's exactly what I want to do is play drums here because every everybody's on in-ears. Everybody's playing to a click track. It's, a, it's just a real... What's really, a click track? So when you play live, um, most of the time people have like in-ears, so it's just like headphones in your ear. Yeah. And instead of having a monitor... Uh, on the on the floor that is a way to hear yourself because otherwise you can't hear yourself so there'll be a monitor that blasts what the the audience is hearing back at you so you can hear yourself but now since past 10 20 years in years have become more and more popular and instead of having the floor monitor it's just in your ears and um now people play with like a metronome so they're literally playing with that in their yeah. ear. And so you can be Damn. really, really tight as a band. You can be very consistent. There's no rushing. There's no dragging. The tempo's all laid out. So, so the click track's going, and then there's little cues. So it'll be like, chorus, two, three, four. And really? Then you'll know, like, the chorus is coming up. Or intro, two, three, four. And it's just a guide in your ear the whole time that the audience obviously doesn't hear. But Didn't even know that. Yeah, and so... That goes on in your ears. There's backing tracks. You hear that in your ears. You hear what you're playing. Um, you can then customize. Like uh, you'll have a you'll have a little mixer next to you, and you'll be able to like have your own mix of what you hear in your ears. So like I only want to hear bass, the click track, and the cues, and a little bit of vocals, and then that's like your own little custom mix for what you hear. And so um, by playing at the churches and stuff, it gave me a lot of practice with playing live with the click and playing live with in-ears and just a professional, like, show and, like, operation. Like, this is how we do things. This is the order of events. This is when you're going to hit the cues here and then. And it's like you got to know your parts coming in. You know, there's a, there's a built-in crowd every week. You know, there's a live stream every week. And it's just, like... It's a really good way to practice and kind of build up your live experience with a very low risk. Yeah, because no one's no one's there to see you. But exactly. Everyone, I think, appreciates a great church band and a great church like music performance. But also, I feel yeah. like if it's not the greatest, yeah, they didn't come there for you. It's just like okay, that's yeah, that's what they got today. Yeah. Um, 
That's a great. That's a great. It's uh, just a good practice. Yeah. yeah, it's a good training in a way. And when you play, see, when I've just done some things on GarageBand, I do not like the metronome. It just bugs me. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just obviously not a professional, and I should be using it more. It, no, it's it's definitely a learning curve, and it's definitely something you have to get used to over time. Like yeah. The first time I ever used it it was hard because it's just so unnatural it's yeah, not it feels not it feels robotic yeah like t- 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 yeah it's annoying like, you no, want to jam feel it. Yeah. yeah it's it's it, it's hard especially when like in my band i'm the only one that uh that uses in ears and i'm the only one that has a click track going so for songs that a guitar player starts a song or bass or whatever i have to keep the time like on a hi-hat just mm-hmm. really quiet so that they start the song at the right tempo so that way when everybody comes in we're all it's not just chaos and uh, rushing or like so that it meshes tightly so it's definitely like something you always just have to think about and always keep it in your mind and it it needs to like become second nature kind of thing so it uh, takes time i'm sure it's just one of those things yeah you get used to it over time yeah um do you feel when you're performing you said you're the only one who uses that yeah do you feel or well you, it depends you, it depends on the band my band i'm the only one that does that but other bands i play in most of the people are in ears most people are on click track but. okay the ones who don't do you feel does it get you off sometimes because you're so on fucking time and and then the other guys maybe aren't so pristine um that you're like waiting or they're early and you're trying to catch up some sometimes um but you know if they're playing to me and they're doing their job right then they'll they'll be fine they'll be fine but but yeah it's definitely better when everybody's on ears and everybody yeah is hearing the click track can all be pretty tight together i'm guessing um and so when you are you just filling in for other bands other than your normal band or are you there also full-time drummers um and you're just doing, you're just grinding multiple bands. Yeah, so I have my band, the only, and that's, that's like my band that I'm really invested in. But then, you know, I'm also trying to, you know, audio production and, and engineering is like my day job. And then I'm also trying to, to do drumming as another source of income. And yeah. So I'll do session work for people. So like studio work where maybe they're a solo artist or or whatever and they don't have a band and they just need a drummer for their album or just for their song then mm. they'll hire me just to play the songs and that that's it or you know that's a studio session work and then live stuff where like maybe they're flying in from another state and they can't afford to fly their band out and they just need a band for this gig here in Minnesota so then they'll hire me to do that one gig or maybe they're just a, a t- uh like this one band uh that I recently did some stuff with they're uh they're a full band but they don't have like a official drummer they don't have like a set in stone drummer and they were doing all these music videos and they needed somebody to play in the video yeah I saw so you post something about that so I just did the drums in the videos kind of thing so and is that all through the studio that you just get can I connect kind of connected to these other bands coming in or is that just word of mouth um they know somebody knows you and connects you guys a a couple things have been from the studio but most of it's all just other bands that i've 
played gigs with that I know and become friends with. Um, it's always just somebody who knows somebody that needs, oh, my friend's got a band. They need a drummer. Hit mm-hmm. him up. Or it's really just networking. It's all networking. Yeah. So. That's something as a kid, you know, I'd hear too. What the, what's the, the very known saying? It's uh, not what you know, it's who you know. And yeah. as I've gotten older, that just seems to be more and more and more and true. more true yeah. and more prominent. And uh, at least the things, the direction I've gone in life and people that I talk to, especially in entertainment things, it's and things I've done, like I was saying before, that a lot of the, not a lot of, but a good chunk of the things I've done acting-wise is, networking basically i just kind of knew somebody who was looking to fit a role or fill a role obviously i fit the part but i would never have got that it was there was no like broad public auditioning thing it was just someone knew somebody suggested me maybe i send them something or not but but that's how it it got started um not that many things just that one last short film did i actually get it strictly off going through the audition process Mm -hmm. which yeah that so then and i think it goes like that all the way to the top yeah producers become friends with actors maybe they got the job the first time but once there's that relationship with directors actors it seems like a lot of directors then kind of hold their group of actors that they like in their films and it it makes sense because i mean that's their livelihood they want it to be good so like anything you're going to put the people you trust in positions to yeah do those things and i'm sure it's the same with music like yeah like when you're watch movies and stuff it's always like i got the audition and i nailed the audition like there's no you know and then you show up to the place like i'm go- i saw this advertisement on this on a street street pole coming here to audition for your band bro and you show up and there's a <laughs> white room and there's a line of drummers and like all right you're next man let's see what you got that doesn't exist there is maybe i've done one or two auditions maybe in my life the rest of it's all like Oh, dude, I know you from this band. Um, we played a show together. My buddy's band, they need a drummer for this gig. Can you do it? Yeah, I can do it. And that's how it happens. Yeah, like, oh, you, my, with the music video, with the band, um, Villain of the Story, they, uh, for their, they did a bunch, they just released an album and did what a bunch. What are they called? Villain of the Story. Villain of the Story. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty fucking sweet great group of guys but check them out they uh they they don't have like an official drummer and they uh they needed a drummer for these videos and uh the two lead singers went to high school with my girlfriend and that's how i met them they we went to the one guy's uh like kind of wedding reception thing and just got to talking and like oh you're a drummer yeah oh cool man we're doing these videos do you think you could learn these songs and be in our videos Mm -hmm. like fuck yeah Mm -hmm. and that's how that happened or like you know it's just all about who you know it's all about 